This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Inna alhamdulillah ta'ala nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa may yudlil fala hadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashadu anna Muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatih wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun ya ayyuhannasu taqu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahidah وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار One of the major objectives of the Sharia and one of its main goals is the preservation of our intellect because it is with our intellect that we are able to understand the Quran and the Sunnah we are able to comprehend the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're able to worship Allah Azza wa Jalla and come closer to Him. And that is why in the Qur'an, numerous verses of the Qur'an give that very command to think and to comprehend and to reflect and to seek to understand. And so therefore, anything which attacks our ability to understand, anything which diminishes our capacity for contemplation and reflection of the Sharia, of the Qur'an, of the Sunnah, it is something which has been made haram in our religion. To the extent that someone who doesn't have control of their mental faculties for a, valid, for a valid medical reason, there is no obligations upon him. The, left, the pen has been lifted from that person. But the issue is when we do something that goes against that very principle, that we try to cloud our minds, that we become intoxicated and able to understand, and we do so by our own choice. It is something which is a major issue in our time. It is something which in our communities is of an epidemic proportion. The issue of drug use, its selling, its buying, its consumption is something which is rife within our communities. It's not uncommon for us to walk down the street now and see people in broad daylight making a drug transaction in our own communities. It's not difficult for you to go and walk down and around the streets of this masjid and around the areas where the Muslims are predominantly living and you see young men staying in cars at all times of day and the night, and they're making drug transactions. Only a few days ago I was driving only a couple of minutes away from the masjid. In broad daylight, a car in the middle of the road in front of me stopped for no reason. And another car came on the other side and stopped, their windows went down, and there was a drug transaction. Broad daylight. It is something which has become so common, and it is something which clearly, as we know, is a danger for our families and our children. But what is worse, and what is even more worrying, is that I have come across and I have heard of people who are apparently practicing Muslims, people who have a love of Islam, and claim a love of Allah and the Prophet ﷺ, a love of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, people who dress and look like Muslims, but they also buy and sell drugs and take drugs. That's what the issue has come to in our communities. And maybe there is a disconnect there, because I don't think there's a single Muslim who can hear my voice of sitting in this masjid today. 
that if you were to say to them, what is the position of alcohol in our religion? What is the ruling of consuming wine or taking any other type of alcoholic beverage? What's the ruling of it in Islam? Except that they would tell you very clearly and openly that it is from the major sins. That there are numerous verses in the Quran, numerous hadith in the sunnah of our Prophet ﷺ that made it haram. But there seems to be a disconnect where we think that on the one hand that is something which we need to avoid and stay away from, even though that is also a problem unfortunately for some Muslims. But on the other hand, when it comes to drugs and especially things like cannabis and marijuana and weed and things that we don't think are as maybe serious in terms of their issue and their problem, that it's something which is okay for Muslims to take. Something which it's okay for you to be part and parcel of. And that's a major issue. It is a misunderstanding of the text of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Because the Qur'an and the Sunnah, when they speak about the word khamar, even though it is predominantly meant to mean alcoholic beverages and wine and the likes, its wider meaning is anything which intoxicates the mind. Because the illa, the reason behind which that has been made haram, meaning alcohol, is the same that's also present in drugs. It's the same thing. It doesn't allow you to connect with Allah Azza wa Jal. takes your mind away from the salah and from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith of Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhu min al-Bukhari and Muslim, al-Khamru ma yukhamiru al-Aqal. Intoxicants, al-Khamr, is anything which intoxicates the mind. Anything which intoxicates you is considered to be a form of khamr. It is an intoxicant and therefore from the major sins of Islam. And what goes to show that is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would have people coming to him from various parts of Arabia. And they didn't all have the same types of intoxicants that the people of Mecca and Medina were familiar with. As is mentioned in the hadith of Jabir radiallahu anhu in Sahih Muslim, where a man came from an area called Jayshan in Yemen. And he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, where I come from, we have a drink that is made out of maize, out of corn. Is it haram? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa wasn't familiar with the drink. wasn't something which was common in Mecca and Medina. So he said, A muskirun hu, is it something which intoxicates the mind? The man said, yes, O Messenger of Allah. He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kullu muskirin haram. Anything which intoxicates the mind is haram. And then to show that it is a major sin, the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna ala Allahi azza wa jalla ahdan, liman yishrabu al-khamar, an yisqiyahu min tinatil khabal. It is a oath that Allah has taken, a covenant upon him, that anyone that consumes an intoxicant on the day of judgment will be made to drink from tinatul khabal. They said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, what is tinatul khabal? He said, Araqu ahlin nar, or qala usaratu ahlin nar. It is the fluids and the sweat that will emanate from the people of the fire. It will be taken and made to, and the people of the fire will be made to drink it. May Allah Azza wa save us from that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran tells us that intoxicants are haram. It doesn't just mean alcohol. It means even the smallest amount of a drug that you consume without a valid reason. And most of the time there's no valid reason that it is something which is from the major sins. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, innama al-khamru wal-maysiru wal-ansabu wal-azlamu rijsun min amali shaytan, fajtanibuhu la'allakum tuflihun. O people of faith, indeed intoxicants and gambling, anything which is an adultery practice, and the divination of arrows, all of them are from the handiworks of shaitan. So avoid them in order to attain success. إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانِ أَنْ يُوْقِعَ بَيْنَكُمُ الْعَدَاوَةَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ فِي الْخَمْرِ وَالْمَيْسَرِ And if you want to know the reason why, Allah says, because shaitan wants from you, through gambling and intoxicants, that he causes enmity and hatred amongst you. 
How many Muslims fight other Muslims on our streets? How many gangs are fighting other gangs? How much crime comes down amongst Muslims and between Muslims, let alone the wider community? And this isn't to exclude anyone else, but because we're talking to Muslims here, how many problems in our community because of this issue of drugs? Enmity, hatred, problems, jealousy because of this. And if that wasn't bad enough, because that's a problem that we see openly, and it prevents you from the remembrance of Allah, it prevents you from the salah. That is why the Prophet ﷺ told us to stay away from this in a number of ahadith. And if you were to read those ahadith that speak about the intoxicants and the threat of punishment that is attributed and connected to it, is something which should cast terror within your hearts. Something which should make you seriously think when before engaging in a practice like this or seeing it in our streets and condoning it. The Prophet ﷺ told us that it is the Ummul Khaba'ith. Al-Khamru Ummul Khaba'ith. Intoxicants are the mother of all evil. And another narration, Miftahu Kulli Shar. It is the key that opens the door to every single evil. That's something which you see openly and apparently everywhere. But not only that, the Prophet ﷺ told us, because some people are under the impression also, that if you maybe just take it every so often, casually, leisurely, it's not something which you're an addict, it's something which you only do once in a while, that makes it okay. But the Prophet ﷺ told us that both types of people are under the severe threat of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone who continuously takes intoxicants, drugs, something which is very common for them, the Prophet told us ﷺ, the one who continuously takes intoxicants, if they die upon that, meaning without making tawbah, without turning to Allah and seeking repentance, they will meet Allah as if the one who comes having worshipped idols. Don't make a distinction between the one who makes idolatry and the one who takes intoxicants regularly. And that is why in another narration, the Prophet said, The one who continuously takes intoxicants, they won't enter into Jannah. Jannah isn't for them. These are people who take it all the time. What if you only take it once? What if you're curious? What if it's something which you only want to partake in once in a while? It's not something which you want to do all the time. The Prophet told us وسلم, in the hadith and in Nasai, in the Tirmidhi Abdullah ibn Amr, radiyallahu anhuma. He said, لا يشرب الرجل من أمتي الخمرة لا يشرب الرجل من أمتي الخمرة And then the Prophet وسلم, said that someone from my ummah doesn't take intoxicants even one. لا يقبل الله الصلاة رجل من أمتي أربعين يوما And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept their prayer for 40 days. By drinking it once. In the narration that is in a tirmidhi, the Prophet said وسلم, a person takes intoxicants once and Allah won't accept from them their prayer for 40 days. So if that person makes tawbah, Allah will accept their tawbah. But if they drink it a second time, or take intoxicants a second time, then Allah doesn't accept their prayer for 40 days. And if they make tawbah, Allah will accept their tawbah. But if they do it a third time, Allah won't accept their salah for 40 days. And if they make tawbah, then Allah will accept their tawbah. But if they do it a fourth time, then even if they make tawbah, Allah won't accept it from them. And that doesn't mean that the door of tawbah is closed for them, but it is show, to show the severity of the issue. That it's unlikely that a person in that state has the capacity and the ability to make sincere tawbah from something which is now becoming a problem for them. There are numerous hadith that speak to the dangers of this issue. And it's not just the one, because I have heard people say 
that this is, this is our livelihood. This is our business. This is how we make our money. This is how we live. It is not just the issue of the person who takes those drugs that the Prophet ﷺ was referring to. But the whole supply chain in the sunnah is cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet told us ﷺ in the hadith of Abu Dawood, in the sunnah of Abu Dawood of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma, that the Prophet said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la'anallahu al-khamra Allah azza wa jal cursed intoxicants washaribaha and the one who consumes them waba'i'aha and the one who sounds them wumubta'aha and the one who buys them wa'asiraha and the one who produces them wumu'tasiraha and the one for whom it is produced wahamilaha and the one who carries them walmahmulata ilayh and the one for whom it is carried everyone in that chain everyone in that process Allah Azza wa has cursed all of them. And that is why it is an extremely serious issue from the major sins in our religion to take part in those intoxicants. It is something which we need to be aware of. It is something which we need to educate ourselves and our families about because it is something which has become so open and so common in our communities. And when something becomes so open and so regular and people become accustomed to it, they lose the ability to understand that it is something which is from the major sins. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He protects us and our families and our children and our communities and Allah Azza wa Jal helps those who are addicted to these substances and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes their affairs easy for them. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an wa sunnah wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum mima fihim min al-ayati wa al-hikmah aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li jami'il muslimin min kulli dhambin fastaghfiruh innahu al-ghafur al-rahim. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah wa sallama tasliman kathira amma ba'd. This khutbah in no way diminishes the real problem that many people have with addiction. It is a major issue and it's something which shouldn't be downplayed, nor does it diminish the efforts of all of those people who are in the wider community that are helping people with those addictions. Many people who turn to drugs do so because it is a form of escape. They have, for whatever reason, a lack of tranquility maybe or happiness or stability in their lives. And they're looking for a form of escape. But we know from our religion, from the text of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, that the only way that you can find happiness and tranquility in this life is through your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is through the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no amount of materialistic substances, no amount of wealth, no amount of anything else in this dunya can fill that void or make up for that shortfall if the Qur'an isn't there and the remembrance of Allah azza is absent. And so it's something which we should reflect upon that the Sharia has given us other ways of combating those issues and those problems that we face. But it is also part of Muslim life, it is part of our existence in this life to accept that there will be challenges and hardships and to work at a way to overcome them in a way that pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This concept that many Muslims unfortunately have today, that life should be easy, that life should be stress-free, that life should be all smooth and plain sailing, isn't a concept that we accept in our religion. It's alien to our religion. Because this very existence is an existence of trial and tribulation and test. And the meaning of trial and tribulation and test is that you will have hardship. That you will have days in which you don't feel joy or happiness. But if you have a strong connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have a connection with the salah and the Quran and the dhikr of Allah azza wa jal, no matter what else takes place, there is always another recourse for you. A way for you to come out of those problems and overcome those issues that we face. So the message of this khutbah today is a simple but extremely important one. This issue of drugs that has become an epidemic in our communities, it's something that we need to tackle head on, something that we need to be aware of. 
But what I wanted to stress today in front of everyone was that it's not just a small issue. This isn't just some minor sin. It's not just some thing that's not a big deal. But in our Sharia, it is from the major sins and from the most most uh, most issues that has the most threat of punishment concerning it. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by His most beautiful names and His lofty attributes that Allah azza wa gives us the ability to stay away from every evil. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens, us, opens for us instead the door to every good. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us and our families and our communities from the handiworks of shaitan and from his traps. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us and our families. That Allah azza wa showers his blessings and his mercy upon us and upon the Muslims all over the world. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamu ala mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.